Remember, the game of business will always be to understand what is working and what is not, and then being able to shift. This game doesn't just end. There's no set it and forget it. But you'll never know where to shift or how to shift or what changes to make if you don't first understand where you are at today. Hello, and welcome back to Backstage Business. This year, a big goal that I have for our business is to grow our email list even further. But not just to grow it, but to keep our list engaged and filled with people that want the value we have to offer. And of course, continue to do business with us. And that's what I'm covering today. I have done some episodes on growing your email list in the marketing series I did about building a sales funnel. And in those, I frequently talked about how important your email list is and how much value there is in it. We've grown our email list quite substantially in the past 11 years, but what we've really come to realize is how much you can leverage that list. But in order to do that, you need an engaged list. This really applies to any kind of business you're in and whatever size your business is, whether you're a solo rep of a bigger company selling cosmetics or whether you have a team of 500, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter how many likes you have on your social media or how many followers you have on your Instagram. Because what I have learned is that you have so much value in your email list because this is where you can really communicate with your ideal customers. And that can be 200 people on your list or 100,000. These are the people that are interested in what you have to offer And you have an opportunity from the moment they subscribe and give you their name and email to connect with them. I'll also add here, and I think I heard this from some influencer or business coach. I can't remember exactly who I heard it from, but multiple people say this. Remember that on your social media accounts, you don't own those names. You don't own that list of followers. Anything could happen at any time and your account could get shut down. However, With your business, when you collect those names and you collect those emails, those are yours. They have opted in to your list that you own. So just keep that in mind and why it's so important to continue that engagement with those names and emails that you collect. One of the very big reasons that I wanted to record this episode is because a lot of people find that they have an email list. Maybe they're proud of the amount of names and emails that they have. However, their list just isn't really engaged. Their open rates are low and the responses are next to nothing. It's a bummer, especially if you took the time to send them something. Sometimes you find yourself doing great with sending consistent emails and then sometimes you just go dark and haven't done anything because you got overwhelmed with other things. And sometimes you see that you're getting way too many unsubscribes and you're really wanting to figure out why this is happening. So let's talk about all of that today. We're going to talk about getting your email opens increased and read and getting people excited to receive your emails. So let's go. So let's start with what you need to do first. I recently implemented a new process to our year and quarterly planning. And we had a process and it was working enough, but now we're doing something even better and that will likely get us to achieving the goals we set forth. And a big part of that process is how we begin it. 
And how we begin it is to first take a real, honest, hard look at where we are right now. And in the case of your email list, in order to achieve the results that you want, you need to take that hard look at where you are at right now. And when you do, when you take this look, I would encourage you to look at it objectively. Don't get emotional about it and go, my gosh, my numbers are so low. Remember, you're about to make some really good changes. So getting upset about it is not going to help you, but getting real about it will. So whether you use MailChimp or AWeber or ConvertKit or HubSpot like we do, you'll see that all of these email service providers will give you the stats you need. You'll be able to see how many emails were delivered successfully, how many opens there were, how many clicked on the link you may have provided. These are the things that you want to look at so that you know what to compare to once you make the changes we talk about today. So the question people ask here is, well, where should I be? What should those numbers look like? One of the first things to look at once you have your email list, whether it's 50 people or 100 or in the thousands or more, is your open rate. Are people even opening your email at all? And this this open rate is the percentage of your total list that are opening the email. A good open rate is something really awesome to have, right? But how do you even know what that is? According to experts that I have followed and trusted, they will say that your open rate based, remember, that's the percentage of people, percentage of the people you have on your list that are opening the emails. They say that it should be between 15 and 25%. That's generally a good number. So take a look at your email service provider when you deliver an email. And look at that percentage. It'll tell you right there how many people are even opening it. Do you know where you're at with that? Know that number. If you're way below that number, do not worry. That's why we're talking about this today. Remember, the game of business will always be to understand what is working and what is not, and then being able to shift. This game doesn't just end. There's no set it and forget it. But you'll never know where to shift or how to shift, or what changes to make if you don't first understand where you are at today. So let's dive in into how to increase those open rates. I happen to love coming up with subject lines. It's the copywriter geek in me, if you will. I also collect ideas from the emails I get, and it stirs up even more ideas. So you know how you have the endless inbox of emails coming in and people are like, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. Well, I actually collect all of those emails and I will unsubscribe to those that I'm like, I just don't feel compelled to open you. But when I do feel compelled to open, I save those subject lines and I'm like, hmm, how could I implement something as intriguing as that? Because your subject line is so important to get someone to open up your email. But if you don't consistently then match the excitement of that subject line, that's when you risk getting those unsubscribes. And that has happened to me. Wow, great subject line. I open it up, but dang it, it didn't deliver. Now I've seen that you've done that a few times. I am going to unsubscribe. A really powerful subject line is so good for opening up that email, but then you've got to deliver. So let's talk about 
subject line since it's the first step to getting them to open. And then we'll dive into the content. Now, there are some tricks to get people to open your emails. Because we use HubSpot, we follow a lot of HubSpot's advice. Oh my gosh, they give such great content. It's so good. And they really advise you on what people are interested in. And they also follow trends and they also talk about what's what's new and what not to do anymore and what's not working. And you guys know in today's world, things are changing super fast all the time and shifting. So you want to keep up to date on that. Again, you can never just set it and forget it. So things like using the person's first name in the subject line or using emojis, these things, according to HubSpot and according to lots of stats, really increase your opens. So us at the draw shop, we don't do this all the time, but we do implement it a lot, especially when it pertains to what's going to be inside the email, then we will use a name and we will use emojis. If there are certain promotions or things that we're doing and we see that, Hey, when we did that in the past, it really increased the open rate. When you have an email service provider, you can see how well these things are working. I want to get into how you get their interest peaked with the words that you use. How do you get that person to stop in their huge inbox of overflowing emails to look at your email and say, oh my gosh, I want to know more. I need to open that because they're speaking to me. You know this yourself. When, when you've got a full inbox and for the most part, you're just trying to get through those and you're just trying to get the work done, you want to be productive, right? But pretty much all the time, you're still interested in something that's going to make your life better. And if that jumps out at you, it's really hard to ignore. So even in your busiest of moments, if there's something that's like, hey, I'm going to make you feel better. I'm going to make you look better. I'm going to help you make more money. You just have to open up this email or whatever some of those biggest concerns in life are for you. No matter how busy you are, you're likely to stop and open it so that you can learn more. It is no different than the people that are on your email list receiving your emails. So you want that subject line to get them hooked immediately. So some examples of that could be subject line. I can't believe my employee said this to me, dot, dot, dot. Or turns out this is why Susie was losing sales. Or maybe something like, hey, Jane, here are the three traits that people love about you. Or here's a quick 30-second share that will change your entire day. All of these are examples that will lead the reader to want to learn more about your subject. And depending on your email service provider, you're likely to have the ability to write in a preview. A preview is when you're looking at your inbox and you can see who the email is from And then you can read the subject line, right? But you haven't opened it yet. And depending on the settings you have, you can see a preview of the email. So if you have your email with the subject line, depending on the settings in your phone or in your inbox, you can either just see the subject line or you can see a preview of what's in the email. And a lot of service providers have this opportunity where you can write in what that preview is, which might be different than what's actually in the email, but it's kind of a summary or something to get them further hooked. 
It's basically another opportunity for the reader to see what else is inside before deciding to open that email. And this is your opportunity to create further intrigue. So an example of a preview might be, after learning that her close rate had dramatically reduced, Erin tried implementing this one trick and it actually worked. I've been talking with you a lot about the importance of having a great elevator pitch. And as you've probably heard on Amy Porterfield's podcast, an elevator pitch is super important because it's a single statement that clarifies the unique value you bring to your customers. And it almost compels prospects to do business with you on the spot. You already know that you can have the team at the draw shop create your pitch for you, but Maybe you'd prefer I give you all the tools you need to create your own. Well, that's exactly what I did. So here's what I have for you. I put together a special package, a veritable DIY elevator pitch toolkit that combines everything you need to not only create your own awesome elevator pitch, but even the super cool graphics you can use to help you tell the story, just like we do at the draw shop. And the really good news, because you're doing it yourself, With the tools we supply, it'll cost you about 90% less than having us do it for you. Head over to thedrawshop.com forward slash toolkit. And this is important. Make sure you scroll down to the bottom of the page and check out the four free bonuses you're getting, including that collection I just mentioned of a -a one-of-a-kind graphics designed by our artists that you can use in your very own elevator pitch. I really think this could be the perfect solution if you understand the value and importance of having an elevator pitch, but prefer to be a little bit more hands-on with it. And don't forget, scroll down to see the free bonuses at thedrawshop.com forward slash toolkit. I hope this helps. Okay, back to the episode. So now they've seen the subject line and the preview, and they're so curious to find out more, they've got to open it. With that alone, you have increased your opens. But like I said earlier, you still need to keep them engaged on the regular and build your credibility to a point where they are eagerly opening your emails because they trust that you're going to deliver really good content. So now that they've opened, this is where you need an intro. It's like a book. If the first few sentences don't grab you, you're likely to be out. So if you think of a book, you've got the title of your book, Then you've probably got something on the back that tells you what it's about, or maybe there's a tagline of the book, and that gets you hooked. It gets you hooked enough that you're like, okay, I'm going to read this. But if that first page, even just that first paragraph, doesn't get you to keep reading the next paragraph and the next paragraph, you're out. So think of your email the same way. You could also think of it like a movie. You need to be hooked by the name of the movie, the tagline, or the trailer. And then, of course, the movie itself, right? So this intro is important because you've got them in a place of intrigue and you want to deliver so that they trust you. So here's where you will start with their name and your fun branded voice. You might be a hey there, Sally type, or it might be it's hi, Joe, or maybe it's oh, friend, I must tell you something today. Now, oh, friend can totally work. We tend to see that when it has their actual name, there are more opens. But if your style and your language is to be, hey, dude, or hey, friend, or whatever whatever that is that you call your tribe of people, that's okay too. 
but I would encourage you at some place in the email to put their name. So how can you write that first sentence so that it feels like you're emailing them personally and not in a mass group? So you could even say, if, you're, if your audience is female, hi, beautiful, just like you might your girlfriend. But then at some point, you're probably going to say their name. What can you say to make it feel personal to them? Just like you would to somebody you know, your mom, your friend, your teammate. Write it in a way that continues the, I have to share this with you. It's just so good. That type of feeling. And then you already guessed it. You got to spill the tea and give them the goods that you got. You just promised them some, some good information. So make sure you give that to them. So if you have Jane's three traits that people love about her, then you better deliver it in that email. If you have that one secret to closing more business, then show them how in that email. And if your employee said something so shocking to you, then you have to dish and tell them what they said and why it's important. The whole idea of this email is to leave that person better than they were before that email, even if it is a tiny nugget. In fact, it should be just a tiny nugget. You don't need to overwhelm them. The idea is that they get to open up this email, read it quickly, and implement something that's really going to be easy to digest and make their life better. And then you want to consistently do this so that you're consistently bringing value with your communication. And now they trust you. So when that day comes that you have a special offer for them, they're much more likely to buy from you. If you're only sending emails just to say, hey, buy from me, or hey, I've got a promotion, eh, your open rate's probably not going to be super high and your engagement rate is definitely not going to be high. But if you're consistently bringing them value and then you offer them something, they trust you now. They're so much more willing to buy something from you. So now once you have this format down for your emails, the next thing is that you've got to maintain a schedule and be consistent with delivering. Some people will do daily emails. Some will do once a week. It's really less about how frequently you do it and more about staying consistent. You've got to see what it is about your business that makes sense. For some businesses, every day can be way too much. For some, it's exactly what's needed. The main thing is that you want to be consistent with when you send them. So if it's once a week on a Tuesday, then send it every Tuesday around the same time. If it's every day, then send it around the same time every day. If you are setting up an expectation and then don't deliver, no matter how awesome you are, unfortunately, you will start to lose those people quickly. They just forget about you. Now, there are some stats that will tell you which days are best for getting email opens, and they might be right. But I'm not going to say that today because I have seen it different for so many different companies. I've seen some where Sunday afternoon gets them the most opens and engagement. And then there are some businesses that Tuesdays are the day. And some, it's been a Friday night, which you would say, wait a minute not a Friday night, but depending on what business you're in, a Friday night might be your best day for open rates. You just never know depending on your industry. So the best thing that you can do is test, test, test. And then once you find that, stay consistent. Keep on top of it all the time because sometimes you may need to tweak that too. Here's a quick pro tip in terms of getting these emails out consistently. 
If you have a copywriter you use, then that is great. It's, it's off your plate and you can hopefully get these emails in advance. But if you are the one that is doing all of the writing of these emails, the more that you can write in advance and schedule, the less overwhelming all of it feels. So it's batching that writing. It's taking a day out of, out of the month or maybe a day out of the quarter to write these in advance. And then knowing that if you need to pop in another email or if you've got something else going on, you can, you can tweak it. But having it in advance is a lifesaver. Okay. Moving on into the next tip for more email opens and engagement. Now, this might feel super techie for some of you, maybe for some, not at all. It doesn't have to be, especially if you have a good ESP, which is your email service provider. Depending on the type of business you have, you likely have people in different stages of their journey with you. If you look at your own patterns, you will see that you are likely to open or not open something. You want things that are relevant to you. We all do. So as a business, you should aim to speak differently to the person who has just learned about your business but hasn't engaged with you than you would with a customer who's been working with you for years. This is where you start to think about segmenting your list. Most email service providers will allow you to do this by simply tagging each person an email. And most have tools to do this with automation. I'm not going to walk you through how to do this because each CRM or email service provider is different, but this is more to tell you that if you are looking to increase open rates and engagement, then you absolutely want to segment your list into different categories depending on your business. You may have some in one price range as opposed to another. You may have one for investors who buy properties frequently. Do you understand where I'm going with this? You might have a list that does contain them all, like your happy holidays email or sending an update about your team. But for the most part, they're going to be in different places. And the more you can speak to their needs at that moment in time, the more opens and engagement you will get. Okay, so what's the next thing to consider? Well, some people freak out about this, but it's getting rid of people on your list. Ah, why would I do that? Summer, I worked so hard to get these people on my list. I get it. I totally get it. And it might be true that you worked really hard and spent a lot of dollars to build that email list. But here's the thing. If they're not engaging at all, they're taking up space and they're most certainly affecting your overall open rate. So let me ask you this. Would you rather have a thousand people on your list with a 2% open rate? or 200 on your list with a 30% open rate. The other thing to consider here is that a lot of email service providers, like most of them, will charge you more as your email list grows, which is fine if you've got an engaged list and they're buying from you and they're, and they're super active. But if you're paying for people that are just sitting there and aren't interested, well, wouldn't you just rather pay for the people that are? So keeping your list clean and strong is important, but how do you do that? Well, a lot of email service providers will allow you to see who has engaged in a certain amount of time and who has not. Once you've determined that, you can either delete those or what I like to do is ask them whether they still want to be subscribed. Because I will say this, while some people may not be engaging or even opening They might still be interested, but just haven't had the bandwidth to read everything. 
And I say this because I've done this myself. I still do this myself. I'll snooze emails that pique my interest. And then it might be a long time later that I actually sit down and catch up and read them. So I'm a fan of asking the list with a simple email to say, hey, I notice you haven't been opening my emails. And I'm just wondering if you're still interested in receiving our tips and you can finish it however you want, but they will respond. You can say something like, hey, if not, just say the word and I'll remove you. Your emails probably have the opportunity to unsubscribe at the bottom of them. And if they haven't, it's a good idea to ask. Remember to create subject lines that get them to open because this is an email you really want them to open. So something that reflects some type of urgency that you will be removing them because you haven't heard from them. And you want to do it in a kind way, of course, but some people are like, no, 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 don't unsubscribe me automatically because some people will unsubscribe when they want to unsubscribe. Some people forget to. Some people are totally uninterested. The key here is that you want to know because you want to keep your list clean. The goal is to have engaged people on your list. And finally, with all of those tips, you might be thinking, great, I can do that. But what do I send them? What kind of content should I be sending them that's super engaging? My advice is to set time aside maybe once a month and create an email content plan. You know your business better than anyone else. So ask your audience what they want to hear more of. Remember, it doesn't have to be long or short. In fact, I don't even buy into the short and sweet or long and meaty for it to be interesting. I care more about it being something simple and actionable and not overwhelming. The content just has to be good and give value. You can have something super long, but be have a very simple takeaway. You can also have something super short. It's about the content being good and engaging and really just giving them value, a small nugget that makes their life better. And if it happens to be long, then that's fine. The thing is, is that if it's valuable, they will keep reading. And at the same time, if it's a quick share, then that's all you need as well. So long as they feel like it was worth their time and it gains more trust in you and your brand, that's what's important. Here's one thing that you can do that we have done and it works really great. Getting ideas from the frequently asked questions from your customers. You can start breaking those into small bite-sized pieces of information and answer them in emails. Like what are the typical things people are skeptical about or the typical objections that they have before buying something from you or engaging with your brand? Those make great emails, but break them up into just short pieces of information. So that's it. Those are the simple yet super powerful ways to get more opens and engagement with your email list. And don't forget that first important part, which is measuring where you are at right now. And then once you've implemented all these changes, take a look back and compare and smile at the progress you have made. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Real quick before I go, have you left me a rating and a review yet? I want to make sure that I keep bringing you more of the topics you want to hear. So will you do me a favor and head on over to wherever you're listening on this podcast and let me know what you thought about this episode. Just scroll to the bottom, click on how many stars, five would be amazing, and then click write a review. Oh, and when you do you'll be entered to win a $500 gift card to the draw shop that I will choose on the first Monday of every month.